You're listening to Glasgow Food Chat. Join us every second week as we bring you the latest and best from the city's food scene. Today, you know, I mean, if you go back maybe 10 years ago, even you would put even sushi in there and people would be like, oh, I'm not touching that. I'm not. Oh, it's Friday and we've just been talking about pubs for the last 25 minutes and all I can think about is going out to the bar now. Scotland's really notorious for beige food. If beige I can... food, yes. Good afternoon, Glasgow, and welcome to another episode of Glasgow Food Chat. I'm Sarah Campbell, a reporter for the Glasgow Times, and I'm joined here as ever by Paul Trainer of the Glasgowists. Hello. And today our guests are Sonia, a food photographer and content creator who works around Glasgow. And we have Ben from super popular Bath Street Bar Mosquito, which is great because today our topic is all about the Glasgow pub scene and how it's integrated with the Glasgow food scene and how we're seeing some really amazing food creations come from places you maybe wouldn't expect, which, Paul, I don't know if you want to expand on a wee bit before we go into it. Kind of following on from some of the discussions that we've started off, as always, on the pages of the Glasgow Times and online, where we're looking at a lot more casual foods, um, offerings that are up in our game. I got the sense that uh, we've all seen over the last 10 years that the, the food um, scene in, in Glasgow is elevated, that um, people come in and really change the perception of, of what we do here. But to a certain extent, the bar scene is maybe lagged behind. Um, and then they've all obviously had like a two-year period of introspection where they've had the chance to kind of think about what they're actually doing in terms of uh, their food and drink offering. And you've got places that have come back with whole new ideas of uh, what they want to do, what they want to be as a bar or a pub. And you've got new arrivals who are setting to kind of shake things up a wee bit. Um, there's much more chat and comfort, co- uh, an emphasis on uh, cocktails and small plates and even just, um, you know, pub food classics, but prepared to really high standard using proper I- ingredients. Um like, I'm quite happy to go to a bar and have a, a, a pie and a pint, but, you know, it's nice to have the option to go and have, like, a Japanese fried chicken and a, a couple of old-fashioned <laughs> as well. So now we've got a whole myriad of options now, Sarah, to explore, and that's something that um, I thought we could have a wee bit of a chat about today. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know about you guys, but I think maybe my favourite thing to do as a picky eater, not picky, but I like to pick at things wow, rather, yeah, is small plates. <laughs> you would think that. But no, cocktails and small plates is absolutely my favourite. And yes. Ben, Mosquito just relatively recently had a massive refurb and you revamped your entire menu to a really stunning offering. I wonder if you could tell us a wee bit about what you guys do now in terms of food. Yeah, so obviously everybody um, knows Office Mosquito off from before and where it was, and obviously when that came to its uh, its, its end, um, we took on the building and obviously realised that the space is an, it's a, an amazing space that we have here, um, and the obviously the it was kind of not utilised in the best possible way. Um, once we started to open up a lot of areas within the place, we realised actually how vast. The, the building itself was um, and really shocked a lot of people when they've come back in. They're like, where did this come from? Where did that come from? So, um, well, yeah, we spent a good a good amount of time really starting to cultivate and create the whole venue itself and realised that, you know, Mosquito um, has got a lot of history and a lot of, a lot of people have got a great sort of memories yeah, in here and what it was and yeah. good. 
So we, that's why we thought we, you know, we were going to keep the name and keep what where where it was because it was always going to res- resonate with everybody within Glasgow and, and from from that sense. Um, when it came down to the the style of the venue and of what it was, we needed to it needed to be drastically changed. Um, it needed to be reinvented, reincarnated in in a sense, um, and we've done that, and that's taken over a good number, a, a good year, year and a bit to get to where it was. Um, really looking at sort of a lot of places that we've visited and been to and what we would like it to be throughout the world and taking um, taking sort of ideas from different places that we've all visited and think, you know, well, this is what we'd like it to be and trying to create a venue where people can come in and, you know, feel comfortable, feel cosy, don't feel like it's um, intimidating in any way, um, but also somewhere where people can relax and enjoy one drink to 20 drinks to some great food. Um, and that's one thing as well, which was a big part of our decision was, it was when it's coming down to the food is changing changing that concept of what it was here. Um, and, and I don't get me wrong, we went through God knows how many versions of different venues and different things, what we're actually going to do, what are we going to do here? Um, what... But you were immediately thinking beyond kind of student nachos and stuff yeah. like that. You know, like well, a, you of know, course, it, Mosquito in the past was never somewhere where you'd say, right, on a Saturday night, let's go there for dinner. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You're, you're, <laughs> if you did that, your partner you're, would be like, uh, excuse me, no, we'll go there like 10 o'clock at night. But it's somewhere where it's, so that was a big part of our process and our strategy to think, right, well, how can yeah. we change that, change it? What is out there and what is, what is it we like and what we look like? So we moved along through a lot of different varieties and a lot of different versions of, of food and styles and cooking techniques and influences and, and stuff like that. And that's where we came down and really sat down and sort of, and lockdown gave us, gave us a real opportunity to kind of develop the menu even further than we'd actually done it in the past um, before we kind of opened. So that's where we've come into that idea, like you're saying, of small plates and lots of different influences from around the world. Now, these influences are in the ingredients that we use or the cooking technique that we use as well. Um, and this is why we've, we, what we believe we've got an absolutely stunning offering and the food um, has been so well renowned and taken by everybody, but we've we're here as well. We're we're, we're trying to change a, a perception as well. So it's going to take time for Mosquito in itself to be known as a as a destination food outlet um, from what it was in the past. And we're getting there with it. You know, I mean, we are very much so. Everybody that comes in and has food are, is blown away by it, um, and we're very proud of that. You know, I mean, because we spent a lot of time, so like I said, cultivating this menu and yeah. going through how many chicken katsu sandwiches, how many mm-hmm. Japanese chicken, how many patas bravas, how many, do you know what oh, I mean? Oh no, get, that sounds like it. such a horrible day at work to yeah. be going through. <laughs> to, get it, to get it right, but do you know what? The, the tension and the detail in that is what makes the food, and, and I believe that's what's changed Glasgow's perception. That's what's changed Glasgow's food scene over the last wee while is now, is people are aware of ingredients, aware of quality food done right, and yeah. are willing to pay for that when they can see that and they can see the detail and the effort that's gone into a lot of uh, a lot of the food. And that's what's changed people's perceptions now of what kind of a lot of pub food was and a lot of was was, was, was frozen. Do you know what I mean? And it was ready-made or easy, bunged in. I think that's where that's where a lot of venues now are are offering smaller menus than what it was because of the time constraints it takes to make. Um, yeah. consistency and quality of food as well. If you've got a menu that's got 
50, 60 items on that. There's no way you can produce that consistently well all the time, fresh. You know what I mean? It is. It's yeah, especially making it fresh. You're right, Sonia. And uh, for us, it's trying to slim down things that, with a lot of the ingredients, how can it yeah. be used across produce, across products? So we're not just having one product for one thing. That way, we can we can make it round. And that's been a, a really focal point for us um, in there. And like I said, the different influences, in small plates, keeping it into sort of earth, land, sea, fire. Yeah. Bit of a, a bit of a nod to the past, but. The fire side of things is using sort of tandoor ovens that we don't use in the traditional tandoor way, um, and that using that and to sear and um, braise our foods it just gives it a completely different texture and a different yeah. taste. Which uh, and the color you get from it is is amazing. You know what I mean? And, and uh, yeah, and that's it. And that's what we're excited about. And that's what we're excited about trying to create and bring to Glasgow's food scene. Um, and that's going to take time for us to be up there as known because we've still got the history and known as a drinking place and a drinking venue. That's always yeah. going to be there because of its 3AM license that we have. Um, but yeah, um, we're really excited of what we've created here. And obviously said you guys have obviously been in quite a few times, Paul, um, in that sense. But, um, but yeah, we, 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 we love that. You know what I mean? And we are, we are, we are very proud of what we've created. Um, here and it's just a matter of getting that word out more now that we're more than just a, a late night venue um which is which is very popular um, as well but we we've got elements to our business now which we see it's not just about the friday saturday night it's about there's there's, there's the weekend then there's the midweek and yeah. then we've got our food developed. So there's literally three different types of businesses that we're running within one and we're trying to obviously strategize and make each one of them parts work harmlessly together yeah. um, in, a, in a way. So, which I don't think many people in Glasgow are doing what we are doing. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's something that's that's unique to us. Ben, so I, can tell us, sorry. I was just going to say, if anybody can tell us what people in Glasgow are doing, it'll be Sonia, who has an eagle eye over the entire food scene through her lens. So. This I was true. wondering what you, if you think that's the same, if you see what Ben's yeah. saying, if you've noticed the noticeable shift in yeah, bars. Um, I think a small, concise menu is, is across yeah. most restaurants. Um, a reduction in food waste and, and reusing, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, the sustainability and produce and, and all the rest. I mean, these are key points, especially with COP26 just being here. Yeah. What about Ben? Just Ben was talking there about attention to detail, right? And. Uh, I, it just made me think about the aesthetics, about the, the look of plates and, and, you know, as well as a food photographer, you have an Instagram account where you're posting from different places, restaurants and bars around town. Do you think that if, if, if a bar had a dish that has a strong, distinctive visual look, then that, it, that grabs people's attention and, and they end up queuing up at the door? Could you move I mean, that with some of the dishes? Yeah, you eat with your eyes first, right? We all do. <laughs> so... I mean, it's super important. I think people are just more are more cautious as well, you know, just how things are coming out and people have more time behind in the kitchens and things are more well thought out. I think lockdown really was a pivotal time in the restaurant business. People really thought about how they were going to come back and how they yeah. were going to, you know, present IE and Mosquito and, and what whatnot and whatever restaurant it is, present their menu and really work work on those items and and look for the best of, you know, Scottish larder. The produce that's coming out of Scotland is absolutely yeah. stunning. So, yeah. 
And what about in terms of some of the pictures that you've been taking um, about town or whatever? What do you look for in terms of like a dish that you think that's the one that, like, when you're going down a venue, do you think about the one that you want to take a photograph of as well as the one that you actually want to eat? Because sometimes I have to compromise sometimes and think, I want to eat this, but it's not going to photograph that well because I'm still, you know, like, always thinking about the contents on you. Scotland's really notorious for beige food. Beige food, yeah. And it might be cool, but it doesn't photograph so well sometimes, but um, it sure is tasty. So um, I'm lucky. I get to work with some really, really great clients. And as you know, one of my clients, um, the Gannett, they're, they're all consistently um, at the top of their game. And congratulations to them for last night. They just won the um, Fine Dining Award mm. in Scotland. I Award. So good congratulations yeah. to them. Um, so they're consistently, you know, knocking it out of the park. And uh, a type of place like that, which really stays, stays true to their ethos, yeah. how they present their food and how they work with close, close, work closely work with their purveyors yeah. and whatnot to source the items is really important as well, right? So, yeah. So, like, see when you right, you moved here um, uh, after meeting the who became your, the guy that became your <laughs> husband. <laughs> but um, yeah. so. Um, what did you think? What did you think of Scottish food when you first arrived? Be honest. And if you want my honest opinion, <laughs> we I, can I, take it. It's I okay. <laughs> no, I've I've been coming back and forth, as you know, Paul, for about six years. I've been here for about three years permanently, and coming from the west coast of Canada, from yeah. Whistler, um, where it's a you know it's a destination, foodie place, and um, gorgeous dishes and food and everything else. Um, Scotland to me was very much, you know, what you would think, what most people think of is deep fried, it's fast food, it's, it's, it's beige, it's bland, and it's come a long way since. And yeah. since, since I first arrived, even the restaurant scene here has blossomed so much in just the last three years alone. Um, they're and, and where they're sourcing their food and not to mention the talent that's coming out of Glasgow right yeah. now is absolutely incredible. The people here are very passionate in the kitchen and behind, well, front of the house and the back of the house. And yeah, we're seeing it's that great now. And you're seeing that with restaurants ac across Glasgow, whether it's, you know, the small types like the Bar Vinnies that's popping up, Glorosa, that's their Bar Brett. Some of my favorite places to go, um, you know, just really, they're, they're really, really evolving with the times. You know, I, I love yeah. what Brett's doing as well with like their yakitori's and yeah. they're letting their chefs do a weekly rotation um, and, and kind of going through the staff and bringing in these innovative ideas from again, you know, traveling their travels past previous and whatnot. Yeah. Places like Kapow as well, Oxenfinch, very dynamic and in terms of, again, still sticking to the small plates ideas, but the levels up there. Yeah. And I think people really appreciate appreciate that kind of food and being able to try that and and letting people have that experience rather than just going for that full three courses and the heavy plates and you know I loved when I first came here my, my husband took me to this place called the Drovers and I don't know if you're familiar with it <laughs> yeah, okay, Lomond, yeah. I, I'll never forget having my first big warm bowl of Cullen's Gink there and it was beautiful yeah. and it was, you know is that crackling fire in the corner and this hearty bowl of soup. And to me, that was very reminiscent of, of Scotland. And and it was just, that's like a picture postcard to me. And I think yeah, totally. 
that's what a lot of people think it is all the time, but in truth, it's it's um it's grown out of that, and it's it's so much yeah. more. It's fresh produce all the time, and um, they're sourcing some some amazing ingredients. So from all over Scotland, which is beyond the shellfish and whatnot, you have your foragers and. And everybody's working hard to work together. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot as well just on that. I think there's been a big shift into Glasgow and Scotland, in a sense, with a lot of the younger generation that are coming through now are a lot more open to different types of foods, different types of styles. Mm -hmm. You know what totally, I mean? If you yeah. go back maybe 10 years ago even, you would put even sushi in there and people would be like, oh, I'm not touching that. I'm not. <laughs> no, or, or where they are now. And, and, and now people's, people's perception is coming through. You're looking at these younger generations, 16 to 21 are so open and aware of all of these different types of cultures and different types of food. And yeah. that's shifted it very much more. And like you're saying, with the younger generation that are coming into the industry, they actually know a lot about food. They know a lot about what they like and what they want to be. And that's where their passion's coming through with a lot of people who are willing to learn and willing to try new things and, and push the boundaries with a lot of our produce that we've got, which it's, is... Like, it is an amazing generational yeah. change, Ben. You know, like when, you, when you're thinking about, you know, you know the, the younger generation yeah. coming through now, you see, you go out and you see them going out for like date night as a as a four course wine pairing dinner, rather than just drinking drinking a bottle of wine in the park. You know, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an amazing transformation we've had for the, the teenagers. Yeah, it's huge. And you know what else? Sorry, you know what else I'm seeing a lot of before I what? forget is um the demand for more vegetarian and vegan yeah. cuisine. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah really really strong and um we have a lovely restaurant that's open at sylvan's mm. and i mean if i have to say it's kind of the talk of the town is <laughs> <laughs> it really it's gotten a lot of great feedback and i, I keep hearing um, more and more about it as well from other people and um do you, i don't think that's going away anytime soon yeah. i think it's become stronger on that movement that's that's so. you're right we've we've got a big off, we've got a big offering of vegan and vegetarian as well our section alone is yeah. our earth section we've got what six dishes on there alone and we're adding another two dishes to that for our next sort of stage of our menu and for start of december which we're, we're seeing that that area is something that people are when they come in they're like oh my god you've got so much options for vegetarian and vegan people because you do go to a lot of restaurants and you get two options even maybe one and it's like mm, i've got to take that whereas whereas we've kind of yeah. we really kind of looked at that and that's what gives it such a diversity of the small plate type of menu you can add in a lot more to it and you can add in a lot more ideas and people i think are appreciating that into the style of food because it is a lot of people that have got a lot of tolerances a lot of different types of foods that they can and can't have and it's trying to cater for all of them in the best possible way without sort of derailing where you want to go in, in, in your concept, yeah. but being able to be aware of it and open on it and being able to change things, slight changes on certain dishes, you know what I mean? That could turn it from a, from a vegetarian dish to a vegetarian vegan dish by just removing mm -hmm. one item, um, which still doesn't change the real aesthetics of the dish um, and things like that, or changing a dish that's maybe not vegetarian to be vegetarian um, and it's looking at the, the base stocks everything that we're using into the, like that stock do we need to use a beef stock chicken stock or fish stock to try and build that curry or whatever it is and so it's been open to all these changes which is i think a lot of people are now um, mm -hmm. as well aware of it 
Well, that's what I was going to say. I think, I don't know about you guys, but one of my favourite things about Glasgow, because it's just obviously such an exciting city for food, but do you know the simple pleasure of walking in somewhere and finding a menu that you did not expect? As you see, it could be anywhere, and all of yeah. a sudden you're like, why do they have a full vegan menu? I mean, it's amazing, but you just wouldn't expect it. And I think that's so cool. Whatever street you go down in the city centre, especially bars and pubs, it can totally catch you off guard, even when yeah. you don't expect it. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, when you think about like nice and sleazies on mm. uh, on uh, Sucky Hall Street, they now have, have taken in like um, a vegan pop up who are, have taken over their kitchen and are there long term. And when you think about you know a rock bar on on Sucky Hall Street, you're not exactly expecting to have a full <laughs> plant based experience when you walk in there. You know, uh, but not you can't... that exact for sure. Um, I, I wanted to ask about that. You just made me remember, Sarah. It's a, a, just even it's that idea of, of walking. <laughs> just even that idea of walking into a bar, which is you know like a privilege now that we've we've been denied for for much of the past two years. But I'm curious about what you think about this whole balance between booking mm -hmm. ahead and actually fulfilling the mission of hospitality and being a bar where you can actually take in people that can walk in where it where you seem to be caught in a, in a gray area now where um especially coming into december the pressure is on to try and find your two hour slot your three hour slot the idea that we'd be able to go out as a, as a group for lunch and wander around a couple of city center bars seems like such an alien concept to me right now or such an over ambitious <laughs> concept i'm just curious whether you think that you know what we're, we're in a bit of a troubled area. I, 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 I'm caught with this one as well because it's, you're right. There's people have got this now just because of lockdown and being able. You have to book. Yeah. You can't come in unless you've booked. And and people are stuck in that mentality and they're stuck in that right now. And we're trying to change that. And there is there is loads of venues in Glasgow that aren't busy. You know, they might think they are, but you can get a table. You can't. You can and. and um, it's 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 trying to change that person perception that you know what yeah you can walk in you can walk into any venue you want um it's up to that venue of how they approach it as well because a lot of venues are like that yeah. oh no it's only bookings only and you're like well there's a lot of tables there you know what i mean i could take that one i could take i'm only going to be an hour we get so many people coming in at the weekends here that are like oh we come in guys you got a booking with us and we're like oh no we don't and we're like well we've just got the bar or we've got a table over here but we need it back in half an hour or we need it back in an hour and they're like that's great yeah, yeah. no I mean, problem and and it's and it's it's reasonable you know what i mean if a large party comes in we'll try and accommodate them um if we can generally with anything i think most people now have got if there are a large party of more than four or more than eight yeah. they do try and book somewhere because they do want somewhere to sit down the whole perception of drinking at the bar is, is still alien to a lot of people now do you know what i mean and, and we and we are like yeah. i'm glad it's great you know what i mean what do you My think what do you Pardon think, me? Sonia? What do you think, Sonia? Yeah, you know, about the balance, right? Because you've got you're, you're also a part owner with uh, of Saint, with your husband of St. Luke's and and the, the Amsterdam in town, so you know this from like a, the balance of what you're yeah. hearing from your staff. Definitely, the only place we have right now that it, you need and require bookings is the absent ear, and um, and even then, if we have space, we'll we'll take the walk-ins, and we don't require. We do, you know. We'd like the bookings because obviously that makes our yeah, life you know easier. Yeah, yeah. Well, means we have if we have room and you walk in, we are happy to accommodate. So, 
And I think a lot of places are like that, other than the high-end restaurants, like, you know, obviously your Kale Brewicks and you want to get a nice seat at Bar Brett, you're going to want to yeah, book, Yeah, I think right? that's the standard, but, though, as well. When you think to certain places like restaurants, fine dining or dining, you're always going to want to book. Um, but for a lot of but the bar scene, they still think they have to book, but you don't. Um, and hopefully that's going to change. Um, hopefully we can get that out. Oh, fascinating, guys. Yeah. That's a good place to start that conversation, <laughs> isn't it, Sarah? Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know. It's Friday and we've just been talking about pubs for the last 25 minutes and all I can think about is going out to the bar now. But thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. That's been really interesting. Yeah, so I think we're going to do our usual. Me and Paul are going to have a wee chat now. But thank you again to Sonia and Ben from Mosquito and St. Luke's and everything. And yeah, we will see you guys around soon, I'm sure. Ben, probably within <laughs> a couple of hours after the shift. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here. Do you know what I mean? Do you not hear me knocking on the wall, Paul? Okay. Uh, <laughs> get us the lunchtime shots lined up, Ben. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys. Oh, there they go. There we go. It's always a shock when they go, isn't it? It's a bit. They just disappear. So, um, Sarah, um, what what do you? I want to just keep going on that vibe about um, the changing dynamic of bars because, as much as I was kind of encouraged by what the guys were saying there about the new wave of chefs that are coming in, the um, how we're changing our attitude to ingredients and the, the, the and you know like what you were saying about just having really pretty astonishing menus that are cropping up and and we neighborhood pubs and stuff like that that's great but are we in a situation where because of the booking system and um what we've been used to in, during lockdown that the idea that you could just go out and hit three or four bars and wander in is that something that's going to be more difficult I don't know. See, I definitely agree with you. Uh, for a long while, it felt that way. And it really, to be honest, even myself put me off going out because it takes all the spontaneity out of it. But I yeah. will say, honestly, I feel like touch wood and hopefully it's all going well. I think things are kind of going back to normal. There's been a good few times where I've just sa sauntered in. That makes me sound very <laughs> entitled. I just saunter in without a booking. Yeah. No. no, and everyone's really accommodating. And I think everybody has their hygiene practices super in place now so that they can just take people willy uh, nilly. And I really, I really hope to see more of that because I think that's what's going to save the hospitality industry over Christmas. Because as I say, you've been speaking to a lot of people, I think, where bookings are almost to their detriment because if people pull out, then what do you do? And you're not accepting walk-ins. You're, you're absolutely yeah, it's, ruined. It's it's that balance. I mean, we we know that um, the hospitality industry are kind of over being ghosted and don't like when people <laughs> just don't turn up um, yeah. to, to bookings. That's fine, but look, you're never going to have... It's an, it is an imperfect system, and that is the, the gamble that you have when you open a bar or restaurant, is that some people are going to book and they're not going to turn up. But if you if you're in a situation where people are thinking, oh, I can't wander down to the bar because it's now mm. it's it's now got this food and cocktail offering and uh, people yeah. just have it booked up or booked out every Friday night. That's what I kind of worry about about the balance. I, I think it's mm. great that uh, great great the bars have, have caught up. Great that it's more exciting, right? But you want to a Glasgow bar is somewhere that you you go and you don't know what's going to happen next. It's like you start <laughs> off there for a couple of drinks and you could end up four or five bars later with a completely different set of people. This is a, uh, this that's a great true, but, but who's to say the food and drink can't be 
a really stunning cocktail or I mean I know sometimes you just want a pint and a burger or chips or whatever but I think the lovely yes. thing is you still have those amazing wee hole in the wall places and you know you're going to go there but the, or, the options are nice or sometimes you know you go out for a nice fine dining experience and then you decide <laughs> that, that, that uh, you know cheap vodka on a uh, Sarky Hall Street isn't going to quite cut it Sarah you know yeah, advice. well, that is the thing. I call that economics. <laughs> if you spend your money <laughs> earlier in the night, oh man! But I think I think the um, I think this is going to keep going. That I think bars that are looking at are looking at each other are being led by the example that people that are making a big noise about the food offering are getting results. They're busy. Yeah. And I, I think this would be a great encouragement to the city centre. We've 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 noticed, and everyone's noticed that the city centre is taking longer to bounce back than the, mm. the neighbourhood bars are. So maybe like it's an opportunity to have a good look in the mirror and think: Are you doing the same thing that you've been doing for the last fifteen years as a pub? And if you are, yeah. maybe it is working, but maybe it's not. Maybe well, it's yeah, time even to as you say, up. look, you've got mosquito. There is a perfect example. We've both said when we went in that. They really have kind of taken it and with 3 a.m. license it's kind of what you can do in town if you kind of rethink of it i think they're great yeah. but um no tell me, some, tell me tell me some of your favorite pubs before we we wrap up oh my favorite pubs well i've used to stay in the south side for a long time so phillies has my heart it was my local very much i do like tobacco in town i have to say if i'm ever scooting me too. about tobacco yeah. is, is always a very busy weekend place mm. but uh, a lot of hospitality um, folk have pointed out that uh, Tinder Tuesday is very popular in tobacco. Uh, Tinder if, Tuesday? Yeah, like if, if you go in... Kind of is this week, something I've missed? Who invented Tinder Tuesday? According to hospitality staff, if, if you go into tobacco on a, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, then it's just like a, a constant procession of people on first dates, which is quite a, a good thing to to watch. It's like a, it's like a little, little kind of uh, people-watching exercise that you can do while you're ordering your old-fashioned or your tequila shots. Well, there we go. On that informative note, I think it's time for us to end. You so thanks again, to... yeah. Thanks again to everybody who tuned in to watch. Thank you to Sonia and Ben. And thank you to our producers, Elle and Emma, who do a fantastic job every single week keeping us in check. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Cheerio. This podcast was brought to you by the Glasgow Times. With a digital subscription, you can access our exclusive, insightful and trustworthy local news from just £2 for two months. We are also currently offering 20% off an annual rate with the codes Glasgow Times Noon. This offers for new subscribers only and is only available with the promotional code. Subscriptions will renew at the standard rates unless cancelled.